Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boys out here, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all You know, <laughs> testing, <laughs> testing the vocal. Yes, it should be. Yes. <laughs> right. So I want to thank y'all for coming to our live show. Yes, this thank is, you guys. Uh, we had some technical difficulties, so we. Is something playing? Huh? Oh. Oh. That Let's the, get started. That our, stuff. our stuff. We probably we normally you know. Okay. We normally tell you how to find us. Blah, 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 but that was pre-recorded. We had erased all of that stuff so we could say it for y'all, but you know how shit goes. <laughs> so. Let's get started. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my favorite part. So this has been brought to you by Queer Global. I want to thank them yes, for bringing us out so here. Yo, 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 yo. Thank you so much. It is free, but if you want to donate, you can put something in the jar and something in the jar here. Um, I've been in New York for about two weeks now, and I've had such, uh, basically live here, <laughs> I've had such an amazing time. Other than the commute shit, like that, that'll make you jump into a train. Baby, <laughs> listen. <All> right. <laughs> we were scared because this morning, I thought that Mia wasn't going to make it, and I was going to have to wring her neck, because she did lose her flight. Listen. I made it though. I'm here. <laughs> but I'm here. but but so tell them why. Wait wait. So I'm like, how y'all live together and y'all have the same exact flight and he don't miss his and you miss yours. The thing is, <laughs> let me break it down for you. <laughs> All right. A trick bought her flight ticket. <laughs> and <laughs> and we had two different airlines, uh -huh. right? And she had luggage. I didn't. So, you Why know, does I, he gag I got me my, like this all the time? <laughs> I had my, my boarding pass, right, already on my phone. Uh -huh. And I didn't have any luggage. So what happened was Mia left her purse. Right. Then we had to go back to the house, pick up her purse. And then she had explosive diarrhea. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, that this made is, us. This is too much. That, so, you know, wait a minute. Let's talk about how you didn't wake us up on time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because we would have made it if uh, we would have well, woke up before three. Uh, yeah, that's true. You forgot that part. No worries. No so, worries. <laughs> make sure the mood is right. God. So we have an extra person up here with us that we love to death. 
because they are one fourth. Is that right? Yeah, one fourth. One fourth. Hey. 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 Because their visibility is important. Absolutely. Yes. So, Rob, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing Hey, good. friend. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm so excited. We thought your mama was going to be here. I know, but I, I don't know. She didn't tell me why she wasn't coming. She just didn't come. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I know she still loves me. Mm. Yes, absolutely. So, what you feeling in regards to how we have celebrated Stonewall so far this how am I feeling? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like, I feel like it's important. Uh-huh. So it's been good as in getting really getting the story out there mm-hmm. as far as changing the narrative to let people know that is trans black women leading this thing. Right. It's always been that way. It's a resistance against the police. Absolutely. And it's getting that part of the story out there. Besides what like the media puts out there, what films have put out there, like right. changing the face of these movements. So. And then they also restored like the L line for uh-huh. Pride Weekend. Hey. Which is everything. So like everything. Think, you know, everything. Really, I've never seen anything like that. Hey. You know, like it's really something that's really taking over New York City. Like we're really beginning to remember suddenly. Oh. Like, we're waking up all after all these fucking As years and shit. Y'all got the police apologizing up in here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Fifty years late, but right? you know, this is an apology. It's something. Yeah. I guess any reparations, but we take it. Sort of. Kinda. I need a little bit more. Hard, just maybe. a little bit more. Just, just. <laughs> so, in what what has been totally important that I think that that's kind of happening this year is they are, especially our particular podcast has really pointed out some things that has been missing from the narrative. And it's just stories like um, Stormy. Queer Watt talked about Stormy this year. I mean, a couple of episodes ago. And just how solidifying what our lived experiences is, Mm -hmm. that black trans women and queer women have been cohorts 
all this fucking time. Yes. We have been the one pushing the whole time. forward, and our narrative has been erased. Our narrative has been twisted. Our narrative has been, you know, just not aligned. It's, you almost would feel like we're just parallel, parallel and separate, but going into, you know, but we're going in the same direction, but not working together, and that's just what, that's not what our lived experience is saying. Mm-hmm. So, pull your phone out. We'll give you some time. <laughs> Pull your phones out. So I want you to go to Digital Transgender Archives. Digital spelled the regular way. <laughs> Transgender spelled the regular way. And archives. So, this website was created to, the problem that people have been having in researching trans-specific issues and past and history Mm -hmm. is that a lot of stuff is being archived in colleges across the globe. And it's really specific to a certain area. So, like, I I recently spoke at... um, Dickerson College, and they have an actual LGBT in um, middle PA, um, in like around Harrisburg, the middle of um, Pennsylvania. Um, and they have an archive that they allow you to tour. And it's really specific. It's really for LGBT stuff. And there's tons of them across the world because people care about our, somebody cares about our narr- narrative somewhere where you at. Because <laughs> we every motherfucker where. So, what they are doing is bringing people, giving them a digital platform to where they can help them upload their archives in a digital space. Sickening. Yes. Sickening. Sickening as hell. So, what I did was, because I know, we know, that we didn't start in 1969. No, ma'am. <laughs> We've been here. So, when I was playing around with just seeing what I could find, and I'm searching words, and you know, they let you search words, they let you search by times, blah, 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 blah. So, I searched slave. (laughs) (laughs) So, when I searched slave, let me pull it out. I searched Negro. Um, and I did this right before we went to um, T. Queen, Queen and Jay's um, Juneteenth. And so I chose Juneteenth. <laughs> okay. And this is the article that I found from 1870, and we Texas as bitches and niggas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. I found an article from Texas in 1877. 70. Sorry, 70. And this is what the article says. A black cavalier turned up in Texas. He is a young man who from his youth has had a desire to exclusively dress in women's apparel. He likes to sew, he likes to quilt, knit, cook, and he longed for the ballet. Once he was a slave and and was compelled to dress like a man, but once the year of Jubilo, which is another word for Juneteenth, the year of Jubilo came, Dick Montgomery, 
which was his name at first, rushed to madly, rushed madly to liberation and female clothes, and now proclaims his name is Lizzie. Yes. So far as it is known, no court has taken up itself to arraign this man in women's clothing for infringing upon women's vests rights. <laughs> so, what that tells me, that somebody was a slave. <laughs> they got the good news and said, fuck that shit. <laughs> Lizzie, I, I say your name, Lizzie. Yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> What y'all think about that? Ain't that as firm as fuck? It is. Dope as fuck. <laughs> because people make it seem as if we just popped up out of the ground. Like, we haven't been here. But a lot of the... <laughs> right? <laughs> very that. But a lot of the history has just been hidden. We don't know about it. So it's very affirming to see something like that, that somebody's actually putting something like that on social media so we all can learn about our history, which is very important, especially as black people. Mm -hmm. We've been here BC, AD, <laughs> you know what I mean? All of the D's and B's and C's. So what's cool to me also is like seeing how close these people were like in the South too, and like thinking about how much they, how much they went through on top of that, I'm sure. You know what I mean? And like, and especially in the climate we are in in the South too, how conservative it is. And it was also cool to um, see how Wilmer Brodnax, I don't know if y'all heard, it was a trans guy, he sung um, gospel and he was stealth for like all his life. Even his brother kept it a secret and they both sang together. Like his brother was that loyal to him and out of Mississippi, right? No, Houston, he was born in Houston, oh, and, he and then he sung in oh. Memphis, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. So Wilmer Broadnecks. Y'all know all them. This is old school. This is probably out of y'all range. So all them quartets and Mississippi gospel quartets that was like back in the day. This is one of the mm -hmm. stars of that group, mm -hmm. and one of the things that made him really, really great even though they didn't know that he was trans, was that he could sing at a higher register of voice. Mm -hmm. And so, he was killing it. Just like really, really selling records, just, just fucking it up in a gospel group. Um, Wilmer Brodnax, his nickname was Little Axe, and his brother was Big Axe. So he was in Mississippi, all of the, around Muddy Waters, around all those kind of old school blues people, but he was just in the, you know, in the gospel ring. Mm -hmm. So they didn't find out until he passed away. His lover mm -hmm. stabbed him, <laughs> his wife. Mm -hmm. Oh. And when, yep. and when he went to the coroner, they were like, Ooh. Oh. Uh oh. <laughs> What's going down? And so that's how the tea came out. And the whole time he was living, nobody knew because his brother kept the secret because he was a part of the singing group. And he felt like because it was gospel. We ain't gonna be able to do this, so just keep it quiet. They grew up together, and they actually raised him as a boy. Mm -hmm. Like when his parents raised him as a boy. Yeah. So it was amazing. So yeah, it was. It was. Um, before you done, it was actually like people that came with like a census, because you know back then they came up to your house, and yeah. when he was thirteen, they just automatically marked him as male, and his parents were just like, oh, Fuck whatever. It. We got two yeah. boys. <laughs> mm -hmm. Which is everything, especially back then. Right. And in the South. 
Yeah. We're, it's, the South is so conservative. <laughs> like, didn't they just pass a law that um, allows professionals to discriminate against you based on their religion? Yeah. In, yeah, in, in the South. They are here on their white supremacist bullshit. Yeah. So, I got one more. So, of course, y'all know, since I found Lizzie, that was of the trans feminine experience, I had to find one that was of the trans masculine experience. So, let me read this one. This one, all right, an extraordinary case. And you know, this is old school writing, so they're real extra. <laughs> <laughs> so, an extraordinary case of a girl concealing her sex for many years has been brought to the light in France. Augustine, AKA Augustus Baudoun, a young person of 17, was known in the town in the neighborhood as an odd boy. This individual was lately, was recently tried for robbery. And while imprisoned for 11 months, authorities started to have suspicions <laughs> that asserted her femaleness. So there was multiple articles. What ended up happening was they put her in a male and the the um, the cellmate then on being asked what was the reason that she was wearing men's clothes she said she had observed the this is a feminist moment she had observed that the men got their living easier than women yes <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but she refused any information as her birth or her patronage or her parentage. I'm sorry. She was removed from the female, removed from the male ward and put in the female ward. Her repugnance to appear in women's attire among her fellow prisoners was so great, come on, dysphoria, that she committed suicide by hanging herself in a bar from a handkerchief. That's so sad. I just want to know how she, she, how she didn't get, how he didn't get clocked. Like for eleven months, he did that. Yeah. It was very. I bet it was really hard to be queer in general back then. Absolutely. And to to know that it was that great, that I can't deal with this shit, and I gotta let it go. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather let it go than to let you fucking fuck me over. We just went to um, me and money. I'm sorry. Me, Money, and Janisa went, went to, Janicia went to um, see the new Toni Morrison film, P Pieces of Me, I think that's what it was called. And just like this archive, Toni kind of did this book called The Black Book that was talk that did, that had like old school articles. And one of her books, Beloved, was based on, not a real life story, but it was a, a imagination of a real life slave who killed their child because I refuse to let you take my children and put, you, and put them in this fucking cruel, fucking inhumane shit. I'd rather kill them my motherfucking self than to take them and put them there. And I feel like that's the same thing. Like I'd rather just take myself out and, and keep control, keep control than to let you control my narrative over a fucking robbery. He actually stole a horse 
Because <laughs> he had been traveling and scheming and doing his thing like we got to do. <laughs> right. To get your coins. And he actually had stole a horse and that. They called it robbery, but it was just a horse that he had took from somebody that wasn't paying him his money at a farm that he was working on. So I'm going to take this motherfucker horse. Thank you. Have a good day. <laughs> What's crazy about it, though, is transmit suicides is still, like, super fucking high. Like, still. And it's so common to hear us talking about often ourselves. Like, even I was at that point before. Like, especially when dysphoria was very great. Because, like, we barely talk about that. We talk more about the social parts of it on Marsha's Play, but we don't really talk about... The mental health of it. Yeah, like... We do. Yeah, that's true. But... It was just so crypt. Like, I just remember, like, it's weird. Like, I still try to get used to coming around mirrors. Like, I remember when I didn't even want to look at a mirror or, like, take pictures. Like, I'm still like, I need to take pictures. Like, this is my life. I need something to look back on. And that was your way of coping with it? Yeah, I just didn't want to look at myself. And it's, it's just, it makes you be like, fuck it. I just want to give up. I don't want to do shit. So, so the reason why I wanted to share this, this site with y'all is, can y'all hear me? Oh, duh. The reason why I wanted to share this site with y'all is because I know this is a room of fucking creatives. And so one day, you might be trying to create something that has to do with a trans character, and you might find inspiration for something you find, something you create that you find on here. So, mm -hmm. because if amazing Toni Morrison can go back and, you know, she's a winner yeah. of the Nobel <laughs> Prize. <laughs> if she can go to an article and create something magical and beautiful, of course our magical black ass can create something too. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to show y'all this. So if you needed to go and see a resource, everything, even if you work in a situation, like for me, when I talk to the people who created this, I have a First Amendment rights case on my books, on my name that I won from my high school yes. that's not in here. And I can submit it so that if I do pass away, some motherfucker crazy trans folk kill me, hope to God not, but at least something can be there so the legacy can go on. So from uh, however many years it's been from slavery when some however, the same amount of years that we find about, out about Lizzie, go to the future that same amount of years somebody probably can find about, out about Diamond. So I wanted to share that with y'all. Yes. It is called the Digital Transgender Archive.net. And you can also, like, if you find any history, you can also hit them up and share it with them so that they can put it on there as well. Mm. So and sometimes you might not even be able to find it by just searching, like, transgender. You, sometimes you have to just look up man dressed as a woman or woman dressed yeah. as because a man. Because that was the language then. That, they didn't yeah. have the language. Transgender didn't come until the 60s. Mm -hmm. um, 50, 60. We, and then Mia asked, like, did they even have hormones back then? No. Hormones mm -hmm. were, didn't come until the 30s. So there was a, a lot of the language was not the same. So you got to know how to search. You got to know what words, what keywords, and what to look for so that you can find people. Mm -hmm. mm. So, Rob, what you think? <laughs> Wait a minute. on the spot there. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I mean, that's a beautiful website. Uh -huh. I wish that uh, I knew about that when I was in college. I did all this research, like I had to do all these research projects. I wanted to center them all on trans people. So I'm like, I want at least my useless time in college to be worth <laughs> something, you know what I mean? 
But there was no research on trans people. There was no historical data on trans people. Like, and even worse, there was no, like, it was, if there was research, it was exclusive to female to male and male to female. There was no in-between. There was no studies on genderqueer people, non-conforming, agender. It was just very limited mm -hmm. to the point where I had to do my own research in order to come to any kind of conclusions. It just really didn't exist. Absolutely. So I'm really happy that there's at least a collection, especially like I can search Negro and find out about some black people back yes. in the day. Yes. It's, so, it's so affirming. It's really affirming. To know that we, like, I, you, I mean, you're not crazy. Like, you know we existed, mm -hmm. right. but you don't hear about it. Like, mm. I know my slave ancestors existed. I could research that, but to even think that there might be a trans person in my lineage, what? That's every that day. Is, and it's like, okay, cool. So, you know, I got some, I got some ancestors. Yeah. I got somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really, it's really nice. That's, that's just so comforting. So, okay. So, you're non-binary, right? I'm or agender. Agender, mm -hmm. okay. Could you explain that? So agender is a person who doesn't identify um, themselves as having like either gender. So I don't identify as a man or a woman. Um, it's it's not necessarily like something that I came to as a means of rebellion towards gender. Mm -hmm. It's something that I truly feel like I just never felt like as a as a little girl. You know, when I was a child, I didn't mm -hmm. feel like a little girl. I never did. I thought it was very strange that I didn't. I wanted to. I just wanted to be my brothers. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like the normal of wanting to emulate your siblings. It was just uh, like, I just wanted to be as free as they were. Cause I felt that free and I didn't understand why I was so limited. Mm -hmm. And then when I grew up, I just realized it was just that I really truly wasn't a man or a woman. And I think even people who really deal with me on a day to day basis, they get that very quickly. Like you're just, you just are who you are. And it really isn't in between. You have feminine, you have masculine, you have things that just are there's no words for it. I just kind of exist. But isn't that nice when you can tell someone, hey, this is who I am, and they just accept it instead of, like, asking all these different oh, questions? No, that happens, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that happens, too. It's very rare for me to just say, this is who I am. All right, cool. Typically, the, the typical trajectory of the conversation is, well, you called yourself this for all these years, so that's what I'm gonna call you. Why am I gonna call you Rob? But that's crazy What's the to issue? me. Like <laughs> I know that's it's so it's crazy. Just, hey, my name is like two syllables, but it's hard to pronounce. But I gave y'all a simple one syllable, three letter ass fucking name, <laughs> and now you got an issue with it. It don't make no sense. And I I mean, I still don't really truly understand the issue with the gender neutral language. My pronouns are they, them. And it mm -hmm. gets really difficult for people who don't deal with other gendered people to suddenly switch pronouns. But it's, uh, it's not just courteous. Right. It's necessary. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If I tell you I ain't a woman and don't call me she, don't call me yeah. she. Right. Because I'm very conscious of it. You may not be conscious of it, but I, every time, every time, I was deployed for a year in Kuwait. Right. I didn't tell any motherfuckers. I know my, and I know any of them. I wasn't gonna tell them shit. But <laughs> every time they called me she, they referred to me as she. I I I noticed. Mm -hmm. So if it happened a hundred times, I know it's a hundred times. Right. But the conversation that I have with some people, definitely not all of my friends, but a lot of people that I associated with, was well, why can't I just? Why can't we just stay? To, I can respect who you are, but why can't we just stay in the way that we were? Why can't I call you this? Why can't I just call you her? Why? Why? Why is it an issue? Why is it such a big deal? So, so do you have? I'm sorry. So, do you feel like 
Because I know even with me, there's not a lot of knowledge on trans men, even in the queer community. So how do you, do you have a little more patience as far as like with other queer people about your identity or do you have less patience? I think I have more patience, but I think I have more patience because I understand that my gender identity isn't something that is often talked about. Mm -hmm. I'm the only agender person I know. Mm -hmm. I do know like other gender non-conforming people, but as far as agender, I'm the only one I know. So I understand how it can be a new concept. So I do have the patience and I do um, gently correct as opposed to sometimes. When I was with my boyfriend, like a couple days ago, I had a friend in my house and he kept referring to me as her and she, and I would scream, they, it's they, it's Rob, it's they. Cause it was fucking annoying. And I'm like, you're here with the, the guy I'm like, I'm with who's saying they, and you can't fucking say they. I know you for 10 years, but it's cause I knew him for so fucking long. But somebody who I don't know for that long, I do have a little bit more patience. People go so hard to get the gender of these fucking pets right. <laughs> Dogs. <laughs> Cats. They you can't, can't even see cats, genitalia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. So I got a question. So sometimes uh, when I'm ta having conversations about, and I'm pushing back against like the trans folks that are not accepting mm -hmm. of agendered and non-binary and something, because it's usually people who are trans folks who are binary. So there's mm -hmm. some ignorant trans people in the world too. That oh my god. Don't see how hypocritical it can be, um, but. I get this pushback that um, we're still trying to get these people to understand us and you all are making it even more confusing. And you're coming in and co-opting trans, you're not even trans because you don't have dysphoria. It's so many pushbacks like that. How do, what do you, re, how do you respond to that when somebody is, you know, saying, oh, this, I, I immediately say, do you, that's exactly what cis women say. You're not a woman because you, you know, both these <laughs> yes. You don't fit in these boxes. You can't have a baby. You that so and so, so and so. This is exactly you don't see you're doing the same exact thing. So to be honest, it's crazy. Maybe it's because I'm not like I can't say I'm out in the LGBTQAI plus community like that. So I haven't really experienced um that much pushback. But I do see it with other people. But the way that I combat it is, A, I have to remind myself that I'm valid, that this isn't like a phase for me, this is something that I'm going through and I'm gonna forget about it. I felt this way for so fucking long, and the difference is, is that now I have the language to describe it, just like any other trans person. And really, it's that the, the thing that I can say separates agender and sometimes like, sometimes, it's not, not all the time, because it depends, especially with uh, people who, their gender expression is very much different than the, the gender that they were assigned to at birth, even if they are agender. But we can be met with less violence, but it doesn't mean that we're like met with less aggression a lot of the times. Like I, I have a, you know, I, the harassment I get is just from being like womenly presenting. Like I present as a woman for the most part, even if that's not how I feel, it's how I dress. So I get harassed by niggas being creepy ass motherfuckers. Is that conscious? Not. Um, it's just how I, f I feel a lot of the times. Some in my house, not necessarily. Depends on who's there, especially if, like, if I'm with like my partner. I kind of wear what the fuck I feel like wearing. 
But it also really depends. For the past couple of years, it's been like that. But for most of my life, I felt comfortable not dressing as feminine. But I know that that's valid because the same kind of confusion that trans people who are um, male to female and female to male that they go through, I felt that same confusion as identified as a, a lesbian at one point because I felt so masculine. And I thought that that was the way that it was. Oh, if you're a masculine woman, you must be a lesbian, even though I like men. It, I had the confusion mm. of gender and sexuality. You know, gender doesn't equal sexuality. Come on now. As a child, if nobody tells you that, you don't know that. So you assume that, okay, cool, as a masculine person, as I know a lot of um, trans men feel that way and trans women feel like, oh, I must be gay before they come out as trans women because they feel feminine. And you don't know that one isn't the same as the other. So I know my experience aligns with other people. So I know I'm valid. So if somebody were to ever tell me that I'm not valid and I'm making it hard, I'm doing the same amount of work that other people are doing. I'm out here, I'm advocating. And I also understand my privilege. So I'm not trying to step on nobody's toes and I don't sit here and say, I'm just, I'm the same. I go through the same things that I don't. Exactly. That's beautiful. So I want to thank you for being a part of this with us. And I love y'all. Y'all just do amazing work. Yes. So can you tell us what's coming up next for y'all? Don't y'all have like a trivia coming? Yeah, we have um, sex trivia July 7th. Oh. I took off from hey. work this time. It's high as I Sex trivia, we host a monthly sex trivia. It's typically the first Sunday every month. And it's really not just sex trivia. It's like sex education. We have sex experts. Sex. I got mad tongue rings. My shit be all fucked up. I got sex experts. They come in and they give us not just knowledge about like physical sex, but also about STDs and prevention and other ways to just enjoy the experience. And we have prizes from Babeland. It's wild black people. It's a safe queer space. You got me and Sam and a cool and like a twerking nonstop. I'm the DJ. Yeah. I want y'all all the time deck. I'm the DJ. Yes. But um, also for the month of July, we're taking the month off because we be working hard as fuck. Y'all yeah, do. Okay. We need a yeah. motherfucking break, bitch. Self care is the best <laughs> care. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so tell them where they can find you before you go. So if you want to find us, we are Inaho Uprising. So that's at Inaho Uprising on Instagram, Inaho Uprising without the G on Twitter, Inaho Uprising on Facebook. And me personally, I'm panafrican.bootyscratcher. Yes. I've <laughs> never said that on a live show. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. But I'm panafrican.bootyscratcher on Instagram. And please hit us up. Follow us. We have uh, some dating tips up there. We have hey. some sex tips about lube and shit. Quite <laughs> lit. Quite lit. All right. When the queen come around, everything shut down. Hey. Hey. <laughs> thank you, darling. Thank you so thank much. You thank, you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is.
you know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. <laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. So anyway, thank y'all. Our next guest. Back to the show. Are a part of our Batty Brigade. And they are, they are our Latinx branch. <laughs> so can we bring up Lena, who has recently became a lawyer? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's everything. And I didn't know that. Just a yes. fucking amazing artist and creative and just a bad bitch, a Stephanie. Come on. <laughs> Come on, <up here. laughs> Come through. Yes. <laughs> so tell us about, introduce your show, and tell us how long it has been going on. Because y'all on like a three-month break right now. We are. We on a vacation <laughs> because self-care is the best care. It's the exactly. best care. It's the best care. Um, we have a show called Bag Ladies, and it is about baggage. Yours, mine, our collective baggage. Um, and we just talk about difficult topics, how we, um, just like all the things that affect us, like how do we actually practically like think about them? How do we move through them? Like what can we do when this shit got you fucked up? And you like for real fucked yeah. up <laughs> and you need to like you can't live like this no more. So we you know, we take on the tough topics, we we joke a lot, we have a good time. We've been doing it for about four years now. Yeah. yeah. Four years. Okay. So no okay, so how do y'all identify? Like as far as your ethnic background? I don't and your pronouns. Pronouns, okay. Uh, I would identify, sounds, sounds like a robot. Uh, okay. Um, I, I identify as uh, black, Dominican, pronoun, she, hers, they, and them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I also identify as black, Latinx, black, Latinx, black, Dominican. My pronouns are she, they, and I identify as a non-binary femme. Yeah. Yes, come cool. on, fam. Mm. That's a so, mm. <laughs> so me being... I've been struggling as far because, like, my mom. Teacher. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so my mom has a background from Spain, background from South America, background from Mexico. Um, so. Yeah, so I'm, from my understanding, I was thinking Latinx was just if you were just like from Latin America. Yes. So like how, and then like for the longest, I would just say black and Hispanic. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So as far as my identity, how do you think, that's so weird fact. <laughs> like how do you think would be the best fit for me? younger I 
identified as Hispanic. Like, that's mm -hmm. the word I knew. I'm like, this makes yeah. sense. But as I, like, learned more about, like, political identity and everything, lat like, lat Latinx is more the term that you would use about... Uh, in regards to people from Latin America. So Hispanic is kind of like encompasses like Spaniards who are mm -hmm. white people. Like, yeah, right. Who colonized they us. Mm -hmm. And like kind of like lumps us all together when we not the same. Like we not, y'all came <laughs> over here, but we don't, nah, that's not us. But I come from that, so I guess I mean, I'm. I mean personally. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think, <laughs> I think um, Latinx is more of like the ethnic identity, right? So it encompasses okay. like all of South, South America, uh, Caribbean, some Caribbean islands, Central America. Yeah. I don't know. I think when it comes to like Latinx identity, it's kind of what you're comfortable with. Yeah. Um, I know that like my black identity comes more to the forefront when I think about like who who I am and what I identify as, mm -hmm. and I think about black like in a diasporic like way, you know. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So whatever you're comfortable with, I think you know. I think sometimes when like uh, words are not made for us, we try to fit in words that are. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't fit, you be like, I'm not that, and I'm chilling. <laughs> okay. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. okay. So I have a question. What do you guys think about um, the Wayfair thing? So if, if y'all don't know oh, about the yeah. Wayfair thing, so Wayfair is a company that sells furniture, and so they did some they did some slick shit. <laughs> they did, well, not really some slick shit. So they got a government contract where they were, the government bought beds for the people that they have in these concentration camps. Do we, do we want to call them that? Yeah. Oh, these, con these, yeah. these concentration camps. Full, so part of it, and so one of the, the workers look at it and they like, they're looking at the numbers. They're like, what? What's going on? And they figure out that these motherfuckers are supporting them. These people are selling the beds for this these concentration camps. So some organizers said, yo, look, we all gonna do a walkout if y'all don't get this shit together. <laughs> and so this happened a couple of days ago. And so um, somebody made a point that it's like we do kind of want them to have beds. We don't want them on the full, because mm -hmm. I'm seeing them on the full. But we also don't want your corporate ass fucking supporting them. So what do y'all think about that? Uh, for sure, you know, it's so important to keep these companies accountable because like, we're spending so much money and like you don't want to think to yourself like, yo, I just bought a bed, but I'm also supporting this concentration camp by buying this bed. Um, so I just think it's so important for like us as like consumers and like as workers for us to really stand up to these companies. Like, yo, this shit is serious. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like history keeps repeating herself, you know, especially for people who are push to the push to the corner right mm -hmm. so when Wayfair was like yo we out it's like we kind of have to like i know a lot of big companies we got to keep them like we make these companies like at the end of the day if we all stop buying from like Target or kmark or walmart and amazon they'll be like hold up we need y'all to come back we gotta we got some sales stuff y'all don't like what's going on like come through we got stuff in the back we got free iced tea so, so like if if we as consumers be like no we want to be able to shop and y'all not to be supporting holding kids in concentration camps like and i think that's a good i think that's a good standard you know yeah. so yeah yeah i mean it makes me think about how um we forget that this doesn't happen by itself. Like, they have to make this shit run. They got computers, they got Wi-Fi over there, they got beds, they got food. They, this is huge government contracts, and the, our entire country and our entire system, the way we're set up, capitalism is all complicit in this racist shit. Like, they're yeah. trying to make it, like, all of this is built 
for this, right? Like companies don't, this don't come out of nowhere. Like they out here liaising with the government, like being like, how can we get them coins that you're gonna use to put these kids in cages? And like, right. we're, they're good with that. And we have to remember that companies, capitalists is not here, capitalism is not here for us. They don't give a fuck whether we live or die. Exactly. Like they are out here to make coin and apparently that's more important. And like, I think that, you know, it's a good base level, but at the end of the day, ain't nothing else to do but dismantle this white supremacist. That part. Yeah. So who do you look to center? Like, who do you look to center around your work? Like, as far as being a lawyer, like, how does your activism come into play with you being a lawyer? Because that's a system, a system we want to dismantle, and you just live right on in. (laughs) (laughs) Me sitting in these law school classrooms, like, y'all hate me. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think for like going to law school and realizing that a lot of people don't think nothing of this. Like they think it's regular, that this is the way, this is normal, this works, this is whatever. But like going in there being like, actually the whole entire basis of this is the subjugation of black people. Like this is built for this. And like coming in and being like, I try to center when I'm thinking about like what I'm doing and what I want to do, it's like marginalized, the most marginalized people in our society, which I think black queer people, black trans people, yes. like this, the system, if it doesn't work for us, it's not going to work for nobody right. else. Yes. And exactly. so for that's me, that's what's most important. I'm like, I just be, I be trying to keep it together, y'all. Yeah. But that shit is a mess. Yeah. The law is horrible. Absolutely. Like all facets of it, everything from contract law to property to just like you trying to buy a house, you trying to do a contract for this. Like uh, the basis for it is just the most like fucked up ways that you could think about it. That's where it comes from. Like, and we need, and in in what I always think is we need people like you in the in the fight because mm-hmm. that's how that's how we can dismantle it by people being in it who care about mm-hmm. us same thing with, like with the medical field when we talk about mm-hmm. how they fuck us over with all the shit that goes on in the medical field if we have doctors that really care when we say we're in pain and you're not and you say especially our vets <laughs> you can take it you're strong mm-hmm. <laughs> so when we have people that actually care that can um that center us in these particular fields that usually marginalize us, I think we need more people. And so I commend you for taking on that fight. So what about you? Because you're an artist. Because you, and it should be a comedian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we speaking that into existence. My, my mom's always like, so you don't want a job that pays you. So you out here picking each job that doesn't pay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but for me, I just think it's so important to uh, be in spaces and to create spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also important to me to always check my privilege. I feel like the fact that like I got like a certain accent, I feel like most people feel a little bit more comfortable. Like, oh, you a different black. And I have to be like, nah, I'm a regular black. I'm a regular black. <laughs> right. treat, like, treat me as such. Because that's how I'm just I'm gonna a regular treat you black. As such. Right. I was like, I'm just a regular black. Uh, so... I, I just think so, it's so important to like when I'm creating art and uh, creating pieces or creating things I want to do to center it around community to always make sure that you're checking in on people be like all right is this a space that if I got invited did so and so get invited how how is this working as a community right tell me what because I don't know how to get into this conversation because I usually don't but tell me about because I every fucking few months when we talk about Cardi B the feminist icon of today 
<laughs> when we talk about Cardi B, this conversation about her not being black. It's stupid. <laughs> so can you unpack that for us? Hmm, okay. I'm like, where can I start? I feel like, get a diagram. Like, we want, <laughs> point the map. Um, because I think, uh, I feel like, yes, like Cardi B obviously has privilege in the fact that she is light-skinned and the fact that she can act the way that she can act. People feel more comfortable with her doing it um, than it was, you know, someone who is a, like a darker-skinned femme. Uh, so with Cardi B, I think it's important to know that she is black, right? I, I also right. believe the way her parents are set up, the way her <laughs> DNA is set up. I do believe, oh, come in, don't stand Welcome, welcome, welcome back. back. Come in, don't stand back. Ow. Damn. We got snacks in the back. Come through. <laughs> um, so, the way, so the way her actual DNA is set up, um, so you know, that for stuff, sure. that's important. Apparently, it's important. Apparently, when they talk about our shit, right? <laughs> right? They be like one percent. They be like, oh, you gotta go this way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right here. Right. <laughs> so like, I think it's important to uh, to keep the conversation and also to know that you know Cardi B has also said problematic things that makes us question. Like, okay, girl, like what's going on? You what's saying going some, on? You saying some real fucked up shit? And we looking at you real funny when we was cool two seconds ago what's going on <laughs> but i think is also keeping Cardi B accountable making mm -hmm. sure like you can't don't be turning up and also acknowledging that you know the diaspora like black folks black people look so different throughout the entire line of oh black my God, yes. you know like we come in all different shapes and sizes we pop out with different color hair a couple of eyes and we just be kicking with each other like hey what's up and then like <laughs> next you know a new baby is born so like <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta think about like black folks in that way so i think it's important for cardi b again to acknowledge her privilege because something i don't think she do and also to keep her accountable mm. um when she says problematic ass shit. right and i'll be like cardi b i will stop playing this right <laughs> if you keep doing this shit, cardi you i love it <laughs> What can I say about Cardi as a fellow light skin? <laughs> she needs to do better on that front. I think uh -huh. like when it comes to colorism, like she is not, she's tone deaf to that shit. Um, but I do think like you, like y'all was saying, it's xenophobic, right? Like I think it, it comes up like, oh no, black people don't sound like that. Black. But I'm like, if y'all go to some place, like go to Colombia, go to Dominican Republic, go to Puerto Rico, Black people, like yes. black people speak in Spanish, black people dance, black people like having their culture that like we can't ignore that. Um, but you know, I want her to be better. I don't yeah. know, like, I, I don't know who's gonna make that happen. She gotta make that happen. Right. Um, but I better think, in what way though? I think that she said very transphobic things in the past. Mm -hmm. She said lots of tra in her in her lyrics, she's been transphobic, she's yeah. been homophobic. She's been color, like, colorism comes up in her, like, when she's talking about shit. Mm -hmm. And I, I think all of that, she, because she feels attacked, right? Like, I think a lot of, like, I think some light skin and some Latinx black people, they feel attacked if you're mm -hmm. like, oh, you're light, or some light skin people, like, oh, you're light skin. So, da da da. It's not, but you have to acknowledge, right? That, like, I know that when I'm light skin and I walk into a room, people feel more comfortable around me right. in a way that they won't around my darker skin brothers and sisters. Right. So, like, that's mm -hmm. just fact, like, because it's, even it's not something that I want, right? Like I didn't make this happen, but I gotta acknowledge that that's the world we live in, right? Wow. And I think she she gotta do better. And we, I agree. And, and and even just breaking down the nuance of what you just said, like we were talking about, I think um, Tiwi Queen and Jay talked about it a couple a while ago. They were talking about how e the anything that is not black that you have about you, anything that is kind of closer to not being black, whether it be um, 
your accent. Ooh, you're a better black because you have an accent. Ooh, if you have a British accent, that's why they're hiring all these fucking British <laughs> actors to come and do us, do our thing, because, ooh, you have this um, European accent. And so you're not mm-hmm. the regular kind of black. You're not the hood kind of black that we're scared of that we think is stealing. So all of these things, understand, comes with privileges, the light skin, the accents, the whatever you have. Even academia can put you in the big words that you use, the SAT words that you use, mm-hmm. that you, when you're speaking because you had access to a certain kind of school. All those things lead to your privileges, and you got to understand that those all, just like we got to check our light skin, check all the stuff that, that is your privilege. You got to mm-hmm. know, and know when it's being centered, know when it's being fetishized, mm-hmm. know when all that is going on. Mm-hmm. So, y'all got anything y'all particularly want to talk about? Uh, we we could we could kiki about anything. Right? <laughs> what you want to kiki about? I feel like um, one thing I always wanted to mention is uh, like privilege. I think sometimes privilege. I think sometimes people think privilege feels like a luxury. Like ah, like I'm supposed to be. I don't know. People like cause like I don't know boats. I like boats. So like I don't know. Like people think mm-hmm. that sometimes oh I'm on a boat and I'm getting everything. I'm like no, privilege <laughs> is having like uh, extra push in something that you have no control over. Right. So, like, I think sometimes people get offended, like, oh, I'm not privileged. Like, my mom did that and this and this. I'm like, yo, valid. Your mom still did that. But they follow me around the store. They didn't follow you. And, like, that's right. something you could, you have no control over. Yeah. So I yeah. always want to just be like, you know, everyone has a certain type of privilege and to be able to be like, yo, you know, check up on your privilege. But I, th- I think some people don't know that they have that privilege. Mm-hmm. Like, some or people... are don't believe it. Because they normalize it. They're like, oh, okay, this is my life. Especially if they have something else that marginalized them, like yeah. certain trans people, like like white trans women. They'd be like, oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. It is facts. It's just like if I always, I work in capitalism. We <laughs> hate slavery. Both, and no slavery. So like literally, um, and I work with two with two women, two white women, and they're like, you know, it's so hard for us to be white women in this space. And I'm looking at them like, to be honest, y'all both my boss, and I know y'all underqualified, and that's a privilege. Boom. And they were like, underqualified. That. <laughs> and I'm just like, but like what? for real, like y'all don't know what in the self page is. Like, come on now, like come on now. But like, and I talk about like, but you think it's so standard that the fact that you're like, oh, you know, we have an enemy, we have a common enemy, which is a white man. But I'm like. No, you part of my enemy too. <laughs> you're on that side. On the sidelines, and you drew it and got fat and thick from the scraps of his patriarchy. Right. You just sat on the sideline, and at any chance, right. any chance you get to throw us under the bus to get whatever you think you deserve, you gonna fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Right. No, right. no worries at all. <laughs> any chance. I wanted to ask y'all a question. Though. Go ahead. <laughs> Go for How it. How do y'all feel about being in New York? It's like the 50th anniversary of Stonewall. Like, what does that mean oh for God. y'all? Like, <sighs> I'll go first. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of like leaning on depressed mode because like, like eight trans women got killed this month and it's pride month. So it's like tiring. How long ago was the, when was the last, the last uh, murder? On the 26th, I think. 
the past 26. But other than that, it's cool, like, to see people, like, you know, acknowledging that well, martial... You know, other than us being in the grave. Uh, you know, you know, going to Pride and seeing all this Pride and rainbows and, you know, knowing trans women started this shit, you know, and, you know, me walking through Pride with my sign saying, you know, silence equals death and, you know, stop killing black trans people and the white people just kind of giving me side eyes while I'm in the parade and just paying it and just, you know, keep on going by their lives and you know telling me you cute all oh, you trans all oh, you cute and you know telling me is she cute you know but other than that it's cool to know that uh, you know it's cool to know you know people are acknowledging how this shit started you know celebrating the 50th anniversary of a revolution or of a, a riot so um, I, it, like literally i remember i went to malaysia booker's funeral and when we were coming out of the funeral, I got a text on my phone about a girl in Detroit. <laughs> like, like coming out of the funeral, I can't even mourn in peace. <laughs> I can't even get a little bit of break. So that's kind of, that's how this month has been feeling. And like literally, um, I'm, I don't have a job. So I don't have um, insurance to go and get therapy and get somebody to break this shit and unpack this down. So, and so, so it's like, what do you do? I have to just carry this shit around and figure it out on my own and try to do what I can. Now we got therapists and bitches in our group. So I, I, I got a nasty acronym mm-hmm. always <laughs> that, I can, that I can go. And, and I, th- I think that's what's amazing about the work that we all do because we center each other and we center the care for each other, I can go back and listen to an episode. I can go back yes. and say, oh, what did she say about anxiety? What did money talk about when we were, we were, talk, we were talking dealing with death? I can go back to these episodes and check them and really kind of try to do what I can without having the, uh, she is a professional. <laughs> but but with, with having direct, without having direct access to somebody that I can go to, because this is what we do. We have always been in community with with, with each other yeah. and doing whatever we can to get each other through. And so being here, I've talked about it to my friends, this has really affirmed, um, this, this, this trip, I'm from Houston, and this particular pride, um, they were doing some political correctness and they, uh, they um, honored all the trans movement that did work, that were doing work in Houston. So black and Latinx, everyone except for me. Which is strange, which was strange for me, but when somebody just honoring. It's strange because I see you everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> like so literally. So it kind of made me feel some kind of way, some kind of way, but I was like, okay, well, I, I, and I don't really want to say nothing because that's something that they give you. They honor it for you. And I want to be like, I deserve this. That's feel, that feels awkward. But then I come here and I'm coming in a space where I have people that I love here. Like these women have centered me and made me feel loved. And it's just, it's just amazing. It makes me feel like I am doing work that I'm supposed to do. Not only that, people who I thought didn't know me coming up to me, Jen and Mock, like, um, like, oh my God, like, I gotta come speak to you. People, um, L. Hearns, just, just people, um, Tracy Africa, just people who, 
I may not be getting the flowers from my hometown, but I came here and got a lot of the flowers and a lot of the care, and it just ma- it just affirmed me. Said, "Bitch, you doing what the fuck you supposed to do?" And so that's what that's good. Me. That's helpful. So that's what New York has given me. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been kind of a mixture. Um, one of how I felt about all the murders this this month is just it just it really weighed heavy on me because I'm like okay so where are all the black cis headed people like when you see someone die in, on social media all you see is all these viral videos and and posts and I'm like oh my god you know I'm I'm sad for them but then you then you hear the about the trans deaths from your good girlfriends on Facebook or from another queer person that shares it. And it's like, okay, so we're not important? Like, our, our lives don't matter? And I'm not 35 yet, so I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm pretty sure most of you do. The statistics for a black trans woman, they don't live past the age of 35. All the women that were killed this month were under the age of 35, and they were black. Under the age of 30. So. It's kind of wrong. I'm sorry. It's kind of wrong. What it is is at the time, how old were they at the time of their death? What's the median of how old they were at the time of their death? And it's 30, 35 or less. But this particular year, it's been 11. It's been 27. So even lower. <laughs> but on a good note, I, I've, I've really enjoyed seeing all the, the beautiful celebrations, like all the flags, like everybody being so positive. So that's, that's really uplifting. And I do see people trying to do the work. I just want to see more effort from the black community. And then that's about it. And that's I want to see it. these motherfuckers, these corporations that are rainbowing it up. Uh, <laughs> yep. What are you donating to? <laughs> Who are you supporting with this money that you're making for all the shirts you're selling, for the Coke bottles and the, whatever, the bottles that you didn't turn into a rainbow or whatever? <laughs> all that shit. Because that don't really do nothing for me. That do something for you. That makes you fake. Like, you're just like, oh, it's this year. You know, when February come around, it's going to be the black, green, and Red for the Black History Month. Let's let's pick the most popular black celebrity to do a, a, a commercial with. But you ain't donating to black shit. <laughs> so it, that's what it feels like. Um, that's why it's so strange when black people act like they have nothing in common with the queer experience. You know, you go through the same shit. <laughs> so. I th- uh, overall, I think it's been pretty good. Me too. I just want them to do a little bit better. Just a little bit. You know, so, I don't think that's much to ask for. Not at all. Tell us where we can find y'all. Oh, you can find us at bgladies.com for all our social media. We're on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and sometimes LinkedIn, but not really. I don't know why I said that, <laughs> I don't know why I said that but it was too yeah. long. <laughs> I gotta start it today, so get there by the time you're
I want to open up for questions, and this will be our last segment. Um, just for anybody who has questions about anything that we've talked about, um, what's the future for Marsha's play? Whatever it is that you want to talk, just tell us. <laughs> um, so I want y'all to start that because sometimes I be feeling <laughs> because this is my baby. Sometimes I be diamond. feeling that they're that they diamond. may not be as invested. So I want to hear what the fuck they gotta say. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Mia first, and she's been talking the less. You know how, like, in the Democratic debates, they, you know, they had the how many minutes the person talks, and they kind of go, you know, how, whatever. Make yeah, so that she got the less minutes. So, I made it to New York, so I'm <laughs> definitely invested. Thank you so much. <laughs> so... What's next for Marsha's play? Um, I I just want us to grow as as a platform, and I want I want us to touch as many black, white, uh, th the whole communities because because we need to be seen, and mm -hmm. our stories need to be authentically told. So I, I think that's very very important, and I I hope that we're able to get to that type of audience so that can make sure that everybody's aware of us. Okay. And thank uh, thank you everybody for coming out. We really do appreciate y'all. <laughs> what about you, Julie? Well, I definitely hope to accomplish you get the all the roses that you deserve. <laughs> that you be up there with Janet. Cause these bitches know who the fuck you are. Oh, sorry. These women know who you are. And I think it's shady that you're not getting plaques and you're not, you know. I'm getting, getting it from black folks. You know, <laughs> but it's cool to know how, how much we're growing because yeah. of the community that we build. So I see how, how where our work needs to improve, where mm -hmm. we need to build a little more community within people, you know, network right. and, you know, actually market our, you know, market our shit. And I hope that. Really, mm. that's all I really care about, like, as far as, because this is, I see it as your baby. You mm. know what I mean? I'm a part of it, but I hope that you get mm. the most out of it. Does that mm. make sense? Well, I think y'all's my Judy, so y'all on the ride along with me. Well. <laughs> I just, this, uh, I, what I, I want to, I'm, we're in the process of organizing um, a group for trans folks in Houston and um, for space and just like kind of like a support group um, where we um, come as trans folks and then go out into community and do black ass shit with black people and with people that we normally, that seems there's some groups in Houston that does a lot of work, but it seems like they don't reach out to the trans folks. Mm -hmm. So I want to position ourselves in a place where, um, not like catering to them, not at all, but um, do some powerful work. Like I wanna do a, mm -hmm. start a bailout like they do in DC. I wanna start a bailout in Houston because we don't have a chapter in, in our city. Um, so I want, 
you know, the, I remember when I when I first came to Houston in 2007, I was homeless and I couldn't stay at the female shelter. I couldn't stay at the male shelter because I was a liability and I couldn't stay at the LGBT shelter because I wasn't HIV positive. So I didn't have anywhere to go. So we I did work and organized and actually the LGBT um, shelter actually now <laughs> based on me and Monica's work um, accepts anybody. You don't have to be positive or not. So we did that and I actually want to So although I couldn't stay in a female dorm, I have passing privilege, so I stayed there anyway. <laughs> I just I called them before and said I'm trans, just to kind of avoid the issue to see if I, there was would be a problem. But I did it over the phone just in case it was going to be silly, and they were silly. So I was like, I'm still gonna come, <laughs> 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 and so that's where I went because I wanna go go with the niggas, and so. Going in that, I really want to go back into them spaces and kind of give them opportunity for just policy changes around stuff like that. So that's kind of where we're, the direction that we're going, really just structurally changing our city in regards to things that really structurally take us out. Um, there was, um, I really want to get paid to be training medical professionals on how to engage mm -hmm. with us because mm -hmm. I think some of the reasons why um, we don't get checkups, we don't get uh, the stuff that we need, and uh, there's a lot of demographics like this as well, but it's because when we come in, you're asking us dumbass shit. You, we gotta educate you before we even get to telling you what's wrong with us. Mm -hmm. um, we gotta deal with the disrespect before we even, you know, you re-traumatizing us and we trying mm -hmm. to come and deal with a cold that we got. Yep. <laughs> so I really want to um, engage with all the systems, like the medical field. I remember I went to um, through the airport, and there was this issue with them scanning my body. And they had to pat you down. And because <laughs> and how I didn't know this until I talked to, the, um, talked to the lady. So what happens is when you go through the scans, they make an assumption of what you are based on your looks, not the, not the machine. So they put some kind of button that says, this is a female. And so when you go through the thing, if they put female and they see something down there, they say, hmm, we got to search you. <laughs> and then not recently, I got searched and she felt my stuff <laughs> and was like, <laughs> like, like that. And I was like, <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> and so, you ain't feel no dick. Fuck out of here. <laughs> fuck out of here. And so I say, and so the supervisor come on. So when that happens, the supervisor got to come and pat you down too. <laughs> and so, and this is at the, this you got to paint playing the catch. <laughs> you know, if you're a procrastinator, you might you might be running late. And so you sitting there like, okay, so I got to wait for her. She just gave me this, like, she just touched something slimy. And then I got you, what you about to do? <laughs> and so she was like, and then you got the awkwardness because they can't, by, by policy, ask you if you're trans. So what? they covered that for something. So, so she was that. like, so now they're doing like this. <laughs> 
And so the supervisor come back over to me, and I was like, I'm trans. Y'all can say it. You can ask me. I'm trans. She was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like she was relieved. And she was like, we can't ask, and I didn't know what to say. And da -da 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 -da. I said, well, here's my card. Ask your supervisor, whoever your people is. I actually did tra trainings on this. So I can show you how to, I can change your policy and figure it out. I want, this is the type of work that I want to do so it can change the structure of what's happening to our day-to-day -day lives. Because some people mm -hmm. don't see that. That yeah. they can just go through the scanner and no tea. Yeah. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's what I'm looking forward to doing. I'm drafting things for people. And I don't know how to sell it to people other than maybe meeting somebody. So if you know somebody who needs help, <laughs> mm -hmm. that's what I do. So that's what just growing, gr using this platform, this particular platform, I want to share with you with people that I come in contact with every day. There are some amazing trans people out here that you do not know, that you just, uh, you know, that are not the Jen and Mox, that are not the Laverne's, that are not the people who get the limelight mm -hmm. because they are pastable and brilliant and blah, blah, blah. There's some people who are brilliant, but they low key about it and they'll come on my show because I'm down the south or they won't come somewhere else because, you know, they know I'm gonna be real and they don't want that bullshit. So there's so many people that I feel like I can bring to the table to teach us something and, but it takes resources, so I want to grow mm -hmm. in that way. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I'm on. Yeah. That's what I look for in the future. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of donations, um, y'all want to tell them where they can find us? Uh, we didn't do the Q&A, but. Uh, oh, I thought, did y'all have a question? Did I have this right? Oh, <laughs> thank okay. you, Janisa. I, right. I do have questions, but I know you're not going to ask me later. But I want to <laughs> make sure if there's anybody who has questions that they can come to this mic and ask their questions. I want to make sure <laughs> that we do that. But while we're waiting for you guys to think of your questions, do you get tired of talking about, I know that you have chosen to um, create this space for yourself uh -huh. and talk about your trans experience. Do you get tired outside of this space you created for yourself? Do you get tired of talking about being trans? I wouldn't say tired. I wouldn't say tired. I love being a black trans woman. So it's like somebody saying, do I, do you, do you not want to talk about being black? I love being black and I like talking about it. I love being trans and I like talking about it. Um, and I think I'm a natural educator. I think that's it. So I don't, I don't want to say I get tired of it. Now certain conversations, one-on-one -on -one conversations are redundant and get silly. But, and that gets kind of boring. But, um, I do particularly love when I'm invited to spaces that are not trans-centered and I just come in as a trans person with my particular perspective and I'm able to talk about specific things from a trans perspective. So um, like if we want to talk about comics, I can talk about that. If we want to talk about music, I can talk about that. And my unique perspective from as having a trans voice that's a deeper than most women but still singing songs that, you know, that kind of thing coming in I'm talking about music, but it's from a trans perspective. Um, I like doing that, talking about unexpected things, and I don't get tired of that. The only thing I get tired of <laughs> is just talking. That burns your pussy. <laughs> that burns <laughs> my puss. Is talking to brick walls. Like, have you ever, has somebody ever told you something and gave you a perspective, but couldn't back it up with facts? No. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, you 
feel this way, tell me why. And when you can't tell me why, <laughs> that's what's annoying to me. Yeah. And that's what I get tired of. Yep. Shit, I agree with both of them, really. <laughs> both of them. But, uh... <laughs> But uh, do I get tired of it? Hell no, because I come from the kind of a generation where, like, we don't mind that shit. Like, we just like, hey, we here. We talking about this shit. However, some is like, eh, real weird. But, like, for me, it's just like, whatever. Like, I, I come from people like, like, I've been educated by people by a diamond. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm very in tune with myself now. Before I wasn't, like I would say before me and Mia's relationship, I wasn't really in tune with my transits. But now I'm just like, whatever. I don't care. I don't really get tired of anything. Even, like y as you see, I'm an open book from the podcast. Like I don't mind talking about, like when it comes to like talking about my genitalia and stuff, like if I don't know you, yeah, it's weird. But like, however, it's just like, I'm kind of like, hey, because people automatically assume, like, I don't know, it's like this thing, like, they like, oh, you look like a man now, you got a sex change. And they be like, oh, you know, Z out here with a sex change. About and I'd be like, no, wait, wait, no. It's trans men out here that's comfortable with what we have already, what we were given by birth, and we cool with that. We don't want to search. So, like, to a certain extent, I'm still even open with that. So I, don't, I wouldn't say I get tired at all. You there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, hey, I'm back. Hey. Y'all niggas can't escape me. <laughs> All right, so I have a question regarding, oh, this shit kind of loud. I have a question regarding fear. So with my experience as a feminine body person, I have fear of men in the street who touch me, who follow me, who stalk me, shout inappropriate things to me and um, I get even more afraid the more women are killed mm. by these very creepy men oh for rejecting them for breaking up with them for ignoring them and then I know that even still my experience isn't the same as a trans woman's experience because mm -hmm. I have a good chance of surviving this and the statistics drop as a trans woman, so for you two, how do you deal with the fear that I'm sure that even if you don't internalize it, I know that's still out there. Mm -hmm. So how mm -hmm. do you still exist as you are and be true to yourself, knowing that there's a risk out there for just existing? Uh, well, being, I had to grow in my confidence as a black trans woman, because there was a time where I was like, oh my God, I just wanna be a woman, and that was my language, like a cis woman. And I thought that was like, that was what you were supposed to do, because that's what I was taught. Oh, you have, if you're gonna be a trans woman, then you need to get a sex change, and if you don't got a sex change, and you ain't got breasts, then you're not a trans woman. And all these boxes that you had to fit in in order to be a trans woman. And then when, once you do them, you feel not woman enough. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> so, just being confident in who I am, learning learning that who I am is okay in, in affirming myself and being around people who love me as who I, love me as who I am is very affirming and, and that helps with my day-to-day -day life. It 
it can be very scary sometimes because you you're not sure what what people's reactions are and and, and you you try to judge people based on their character or their presence but you never know what can happen there's been trans women who have been um who've told people that they were trans and shot right in their face yeah it, with their good girlfriends so it's like okay it's this narrative that we're we're deceivers and we're all trying to hide but no baby I'm just being unapologetic, unapologetically black and trans, and and that's what I tell everybody. Mm-hmm. I think being friends with Mia kind of um, exposed me to another like nuance of that kind of fear and danger. So Mia is a much smaller girl than I am. So I'm uh, like five eleven. She's like five six. I'm five eight. Five eight. So I'm in size. I'm much bigger than. So in size, I'm a little bit more intimidating to her. And it, she was actually smaller than this when I met her. So her engagement with, mi- with men was a little bit different than mine because they would try her in ways that they wouldn't. Fl- it's the same niggas. They would try her in ways that they wouldn't try me. And I think um, – but then it could also be because we took different positions in the bedroom. Uh, what? Mia is a top. I don't know why. I don't know why you trying to play out like that, y'all. Why? Why? <laughs> well, when we were friends and she was single, she did a lot of other stuff. He does so this on you, the you show on the spot. <laughs> so how we would engage with dudes would be a difference. Like I, I'm more aggressive. I'm more of when I when I date cis men. Like you got to do certain things to me that are not the Cis heteronorm, da 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 da, and so I just feel like they would treat you different because of how you navigate a space that was not like I did. I come in telling with a certain, and I want to say it's confidence. I come in with a certain like presence, with a presence like nigga, this is not what what it's gonna do. This is not what's gonna happen. This is, and I think Mia kind of goes. It's not that she's weak. It's just she kind of goes with the flow a little bit more than I do. Like when I when I like when I negotiate, like let's say negotiating sex with a guy, what you have to do because it's our consent and da 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 da. And I want to know what I'm getting into before I get into it. I am very direct. Like send me them nudes. <laughs> like oh damn, it's like that. No, I want to see what you're working with because if your dick is small, I'm not fucking with you. <laughs> What's up? Oh, well, it's not, it's a motion to ocean. No, I like a big motion in my ocean. <laughs> this is what it is. And so I'm really direct, and I say, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to do this. And it's and it's sometimes they read and say, you kind of treat me like I'm a bitch. Or you treat me like, you, you, you kind of acting like a nigga. That ain't sexy to that. Well, well, however you take it. This is what I want. <laughs> Are you providing it? If not, I'm not for you. And so, and I learned that we I talked about it on a recent episode of Sexually Liberated Liberated Woman, um, and I talked about how I had to learn to negotiate my pleasure. I had to learn how to do things in a way that gave me what I wanted, and it was birthed out of I had a fear that. If I did not perform cisness in a certain way, I would not find love, I would not find care, I would not find somebody that loves me for the woman that I am, 
And so I would sacrifice my pleasure. It would be times I would fucking deal with niggas and um, they would top me. I would suck their dick and then they would leave and I would be by myself in the bed jacking off after they done got all my skills. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, oh, but they're straight. <laughs> <laughs> garbage and I'm like and so it was a lot of I navigated fear from that but it was it was the fear even the physical fear that I grew up in in thinking that if I if I if I don't tell people there if I if I if I if I um if I don't tell people then they will treat me like a woman so that then I'm gonna live I'm gonna live stuff and I'm gonna tell anybody I'm gonna try to just uh take my voice up and get all the boobs and all the da, 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 just have this super high femme because it was out of fear that I thought if I had all this perfect stuff, so-and-so, I would be able to get access to something. I know, and it could be, it's a multitude of things, but that never came. So once it never came, and I'm, I'm glad I didn't live my life so, so long with it by being, by, by being motivated by that fear. And so I started being more confident. I started, now my mind doesn't even think about, um, the fear of that. And so I just don't navigate, I don't navigate the world in, like I'm scared, like when I walk down the street, I don't think about, and that could come with a little bit of privilege, but I don't think about being murdered. When I think about being murdered, I think about being murdered when, I, when I'm physically intimate with a man. I think about, how, cause I've been in situations where we did negotiate and you agreed with it, and when it, once it happened, your toxic masculinity came up and you felt some kind of way, you felt extra gay cause you sucked my dick and now you fire. I've had situations like that. It wasn't because I was tricking people. It wasn't because I was deceiving. I actually never, I've never been in a situation where I was literally tricking and it turned into violence. I've never been in that. It, uh, the people who showed me violence in my life are the people who actually like, knew. It's the people who, are, who are knew what it was and something happened where somebody found out that I was trans and now they got to show that how masculine they are and so I'm going to be violent to you or they did something that was a little bit outside of the cis heteronormal sexual stuff and then they they lashed out at me. I've never had violence um, happen because of some tricking stuff. So it just was different. So that's how the fear for me manifests but now back in the day but now I don't I don't I just don't I don't be scared. Um, so you never like you never encounter like public incidents where like bash you and not not bash you like physically but like just taunted you like oh that's a man that's a tranny and not in my now I was the first black trans woman to go to Jackson State University so when I was in college yes I had people throw oranges at me I had people that type of stuff but I also come from a hood ass mama who said fight <laughs> I come from a hood mama who if I ran home she would take my ass back to them and make me fight them one on one. My mama went and knocked on doors of three dudes that jumped me. I was coming, I was walking home from the Children's Museum in Indianapolis with a balloon and three niggas that was, well, I was like 12, <laughs> and three niggas just came up and punched me and made me lose my balloon and start jumping me. And I come, to, I, I run home and she comes down and I tell her what happened. My mama, when I told her who the boys was, my mama took me to each and every one of their houses and said, bring your motherfucking son out here. Bring your son out here. And if you want to fight, talking to the mama, I get you. Bring your <laughs> son out here because they jumped my son and 
And if they want to fight them, it's going to be 101. Let's see how that goes. I whoop every one of them motherfuckers. <laughs> 101, I got you. <laughs> yes, God, and that. so I grew up facing my fear. And so when I was in school, it, it was, look, I remember they tried to throw scalding hot water on me. Like, b- boiled water to throw on me. Where? At Jackson State. Oh boiled God. water. And they thought I was going to open the door, but I just kind of cracked it to see what's going on. They threw the water in. It didn't hit me. And I said, these oh motherfuckers man. are trying to kill me. That's trauma. I went downstairs. I, y'all know them old school mop buckets. The, uh, not mop buckets. Mop handles that, like, if you take the... Uh, you the, can unscrew it. You can unscrew it, and but it'd be like, it looked kind of like a pitchfork. <laughs> I went down there on the bottom of the stairs, grabbed it, went back up. And I said, all right, knock them doors. I ru- it's like a one hallway, and I'm knocking on every door. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom, 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 just get everybody come out. I was like, yo, all of y'all, I can't beat all of y'all. I know I can't. But you, his name is Charles Butler, <laughs> but you, motherfucker, I, you the loudest one. I can't go to a class without you fucking with me. I can't do anything. I want all of y'all motherfuckers to come out here if y'all want to fight me. I want to fight you, though. <laughs> so let's go. Because I know I can't whoop y'all all, but y'all not going to keep fucking with me. Y'all not going to do it. So what's up? Let's go. Everybody was silent. Silent, silent, silent. The next day, everybody told what happened. And they all was singing like they was punk. <laughs> and so standing, what my experience in my life is standing up for myself, stop shit. It, now, it restarted when the freshmen came back the next year. <laughs> but the, while I was there, while the rest of the year, anytime I confronted it head on and I didn't just let them keep bullying me and keep bullying me, and I don't just suggest this for everybody, but in my life, it has worked. I may have to get in a fight once, but once I get in that fight, everybody's going to be like, that's really not the one you want to play with. And so that's what, for me, it just helps me um, face that fear, and that's kind of, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't walk, I'm not, I'm not fucking walking the streets with fear. I'm not living my life like that. I'm just not. I don't trust nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust anyone. Do you, because Z, you, they try it with you sometimes. They try it with you. Do they you have, do you, just people, just people. Like, I've, I've. I remember a conversation you was having where you was worried about, especially in the kind of work that we kind of sometimes do. Mm-hmm. You know, do you ever feel unsafe? Do you ever navigate fear now that you did becoming a becoming a man of trans experience and living that truth? Did it ever? Do you ever feel unsafe? Because I know that sa- that safety mm-hmm. piece, as as coming being raised as a girl, that mm-hmm. safety piece is a thing. Oh so yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I have to. I used to have the privilege of uh, I used to have the privilege of just leaving it alone like just putting in my headphones just leaving it alone if anybody bothered me um, you know having the privilege of being a pretty girl you know like people mm-hmm. just kind of just letting me be you know what I mean and really? then now yeah and f- well I before I could ignore it, like I would, of course, mask it because I was a masculine person. I would mask my mm. body a lot. I would hide my body a lot. But now it's like it's kind of like, hmm, like the anxiety of knowing if somebody, if like, wondering if somebody knows that I'm trans. Mm-hmm. And then plus me being like a, a short, light skinned pretty boy, 
it's just uh, like and not really big so it's just like people do be trying it but mostly when i be with mia like the guys they just disregard me they just like whatever but like i know that kind of comes with the territory of being with an attractive woman mm-hmm. but on top of that she's an attractive trans woman so a lot of times you know the people like her fans or whatever they know who she is already they know her trans status and they disclose it and i ha- mostly have fear based around her transness mm. more than mine more than anything so for me, all these trans women getting killed, the reason why it makes me depression hit so heavy, and I hate that it's like this because I'm a whole trans man, and like to piggyback on what I was saying, it sucks for us to end up loving somebody with that experience for us to actually, you know, give a shit. Right. So for me, it's depressing because I'm like, I don't like for her to go out at night by herself. Like, I don't. Right like for her to go anywhere by herself really mm-hmm. like based off the experiences we have and especially me being seen as weak by society quote unquote mm-hmm. even though i have certain privileges but it's just like when we mostly g- the spaces we mostly navigate in are like cis head spaces where it's a lot of hyper masculinity and toxic masculinity even from the women right so it's mostly based around her, not really me. You okay. know what I mean? So what it caused me to do is, like, try to get bigger and try to eat a lot so I can, you know, get some weight. Now I understand why short dudes try to gain a lot of weight. <laughs> Napoleon. And try to, you know, <laughs> so we can look l- the part, like, right. look like we can protect. Okay. So I've been doing that. It's been helping me with a lot of anxiety. Okay. I, I, I think one of the other reasons what made him really fearful is and, and I, I want to shed so much light on it. There was uh, a black trans woman that was shot right in front of the store in the in the in the morning time in the daylight, and we frequent that store. It's like right around the corner. <laughs> so that that's another fear that he has. And like that, I mean, you know, people can be ugly. So there are some people who have clogged my teeth and just been really ugly in in um in public. And so that can be disheartening sometimes. But my advice is just be yourself. Don't 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 allow the allow the way people think of you to determine the places that you're gonna go. Because, like he said, we go to cishead norm uh, places, but I go to gay places too. I go everywhere, and I don't want the way people treat a certain type of people to dictate where I where I go. You can't live your life like that. You just really can't. And I just refuse to be a prisoner of what the fuck y'all, not y'all, but, you know, what people, (laughs) you know, I'm not going to be staying in the house. I'm not going to be not enjoying life. I'm not going to be strolling and enjoying the breeze just because I feel like a motherfucker is going to kill me. I'm just, I'm just not going to. And then as a, uh, as a black woman, like my mama taught me how to navigate this. I watched her. She taught me how to navigate it. And so. It's just I'm I know I don't have to. I've been in dangerous neighborhoods. I, you get what I'm saying? It's it's just when you marginalize, it's always a danger lurking around the corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know, that's yeah. that's what it is. I think we're gonna go to a raffle. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
Katie Diamond. If you want that. We have a Google Home Plus system. Uh, we have several gift cards from several different queer-owned businesses around the city, as well as two passes for adults and two drinks to the Nighthawk Cinema, either one of the locations, and uh, a rope lesson from uh, Yin Q, who is a genderqueer Asian uh, rope artist. Over at Please in Brooklyn, we have several other awesome prizes, some artwork from uh, some queer artists as well. So mm. lots of prizes. There will be <laughs> a lot of stuff going on. Who's doing the pulling? You gonna do the pulling? You gonna do the pulling? You gonna do the pulling? So did anyone anybody wanna buy some tickets? They wanna buy some tickets. Do the back. Everyone looks so lovely. Yes, thank you for coming. Y'all look big. (laughs) (laughs) So y'all know any events for tomorrow, like later in the evening? Me and Jay are going to be at um, Women's in Comics um, Conference, and we're doing a panel on journalism there. So come check us out tomorrow. What time is that, Jay? From the at the two forty five at the Queens Museum. Yep, 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 yep. So I'll be there. Um, anybody else got some stuff going on? I can call out. Anybody know some stuff that you're doing? Not necessarily your stuff, but stuff that you participate in. Yeah. We're going to um, the UK Black Pride. UK Black Pride. Oh Damn. Yes. <laughs> okay, I wish I had the coins. It must be nice. <laughs> oh, let me think. What did I hear that was going on? Um, of course, the parade's tomorrow, right? Yeah, so anybody going to the parade? <laughs> Too many police, yes. Wait, that <laughs> isn't, that, uh, isn't that ironic? Like, we're at Pride, and... It started because we were fighting against police, and now y'all gonna hire more police? Yeah, that's weird. Queer Liberation March. It's the anti-corporate pride. Oh, Queer Liberation March. Yeah. Where's that at? Um, It's gonna start at 11 a.m. at Bryant Park. I think it also starts earlier, but if you go to Reclaim Pride online, Uh you can find it there. Oh, we got some folks organizing against the police. Good. That's what's up. So y'all niggas ain't got no more questions. Y'all say it. Oh, hey. Oh, okay. Come okay. on down. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. 
The younger people dip in the support of the LGBT. That, that would be an interesting find. If I found that, that would be an interesting find because I feel like when I, I just, I did an interview with my high school age graduate cousin and I went to her graduation and the way queerness was so thoroughly sprinkled across her, her class, it was kind of beautiful. Like I, like I felt like, oh my God, like, like people are, not free, free, but you know, I was like, oh my God, there's so many people. There was non-binary folk, there was trans folk, there was just so many people. Like when I was in high school, it was not, it was not, I was the only one. Well, uh, two, two, uh, one of two. And me and my Deja, she's been on the show, she's high. Um, so it just, uh, it, that's, it would surprise me. I almost would think of how they marketed the survey. That could be different. How they market, market to the children. That could be totally different where the numbers go down because they didn't market in the same way they did with the ferocity or, you know, that they did in the, f the first survey. It could be how they market to them. What was you about to say, Money? Right, exactly. Right, and if you see, see, I don't know if you watch, um, she's gotta have it, the new Spike Lee one. I don't, but I do listen to Tea with Queen and Jay's reviews of them. <laughs> and, um, and I don't watch it. <laughs> and it, that it, it reminds me of when you, when you have old people writing something you have old people writing something, sometimes this is just not gonna connect with the people. <laughs> it's not gonna connect because you're trying to be, you're trying to be millennial, but you're not. And so you're trying to, you, you, what you're, how you saying things is almost like what you think I would say when we, pa we've been past that five years ago. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I think that it's just kind of, that's kind of idea where I think they're not connecting to the kids in the way that they're supposed to because I just see a lot of progression with youth when I engage with them. Um, it, it just really, that's just, it is. I, I really would like to dive deeper into why and how they do that because I don't know, I can't answer that. Your question, Queen? Yeah. 
Let me, cause I'm one that mostly put our business. Oh, <laughs> oh, share specifically where? On the podcast. It's on the podcast. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we, pl- I don't think we negotiated it. It was, uh, it was, it was more so like, we want to be authentic, and we want people to relate to what we say. So. I don't know. I think people should know authentically how we are so they can relate to it. And I, I think that's how we share. Like, okay, this is this is how I feel. This is exactly how um this is exactly how I feel in this moment. And if you connect with it, then that's what's up. And you know Mia has her tagline. Can you take that out? <laughs> <laughs> and she never you takes know. it out. <laughs> never. You lying. Now the One truth, or two times the out of the whole podcast. When she does say it, I say, "Do you want to keep that? Like, are you serious? Is this just is she this your tagline, or is this are you serious?" And and if it's, I can tell when this is kind of like tension, like this is not really a joke. And so I'll say, "Do you want to take this out?" And if she says yes, it's out. But it usually says, "But that's authentic. Like that's how I really feel." Mm. So yes, it does. We do keep it in. <laughs> and so that's that. That's just kind of how it is. I navigate it is. If I tell you all my shit, you can't use any kind of fucking secret against me. <laughs> you, I, I'm just honest, and this is what. Mhm. Mm. Right. So I'm really selfish. In regard to that, because I don't like if me talking about my mom and her addiction and da 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 da. I usually talk about it through my experience, through like what it, how it affected me. But I never ask her permission per, for permission, and that's kind of selfish in a way. But um, but it's the truth, and this is this is what's going down. She's gonna end up being on the show, so I don't negotiate in that way because I'm not talking about her in a um. I'm talking about her from my own trauma and my own stuff that's going on. So I'm just like, this is the truth. And you may not want the truth out there, but all right, this is my show. And so I'm just going to do it. Um, So I I just don't, yeah, I just say what I want. (laughs) For me, it's kind of like a therapy session because... Each time we each time we leave the podcast, I feel like I feel a lot better because I don't have anybody else to talk like talk about this stuff with, and we have a unique experience. Like these these personal stuff, like this personal stuff is just as important as anything else that goes on in our life to me. Really, like. Um, as far as like saying like earlier, saying like my daddy was a fuckboy, like he had some fuckboy tendencies. Like I had some, fu- I had some fuckboy too. Like I'll take myself just as count accountable for bullshit that other people did in my life. Like just as much, like just as much for myself. So, and I also kind of live by if you want to hide it, you probably ain't got no business doing it. So it's kind of like. I kind of just live by that. Like, I'm just, that's just my personality, really. Like, I'm just, 
an open person when it comes to me venting my actual feelings or I don't know, like I'd be saying some out of pocket stuff sometimes. I ain't gonna lie. And we worked through it. We worked through it. We worked through it. I ain't gonna lie. I I also, there's a certain people that we're accountable to. Yes. As our audience. And so, I, if I'm not being authentic to my audience, then what the fuck am I doing this for? Like, what am I, if I'm not sharing the real shit, if I'm just kind of sugarcoating it and you know keeping it pg then what am i really doing then like what's the point how are we making breakthroughs it that's just what it is and so for me it's just um being authentic and being accountable to the audience that i that i want to learn and that i want to in and bring into our lives that's just kind of that's important to me and i want it to be authentic and i want it to be the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I trust them. I trust them. You, you know we're in the fucking house by ourselves. It's not like I'm, right now I'm in front of the audience, but it's just us. It's kind of like when I was a YouTuber. It's like it's just camera and me, so I can be a little bit more vulnerable without feeling the pressure of, of course I know I'm going to upload it and people are going to see it, but there's in the moment, there's a comfort, because there's a lot of times we are just talking. We're just talking and going and going and going and going and going, and it would, in thinking about who's listening, I'm thinking about having an authentic conversation with my friends. Mm-hmm. And and it comes out and then we'll we'll be done and be like, Whoa, I wonder how they're that too much? That. <laughs> Sometimes is I can't listen much? to it. I'd be like, ooh, yeah, I remember like, I said oh, that. Is this too much? <laughs> and so but then we'd be like, but this is some real shit. So boom, there it go. So it's just about being authentic. I want to thank Queer Global for bringing us because we wouldn't have brought our black ass up here if it wasn't for y'all making it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really, really want to thank y'all for just believing in us that we could do this and popping our live cherry. <laughs> we love that. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you to the BBB. I love y'all. Y'all made this yeah. so comfortable. And thank y'all so much. I just love y'all so much. All the rest of y'all, I hope y'all enjoyed. Y'all can find us at Marsha's Play, any motherfucking platform. (laughs) (laughs) Marsha's Play, um, that is Twitter, um, Instagram, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. We got a lot of shit coming up. I hope y'all continue to support. Oh. Yep. 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 And make sure, and any if you got any extra money, we got a Patreon. Come through, uh, p- PayPal, all that stuff. You can find a link. <laughs> <laughs> the link is in the bottom. <laughs> Thank y'all. And, uh, please, when you get a chance, go to Queer Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. Like you can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be alright